People grabbing their bags. People are running out of the place. I can already see the reviews on Facebook tonight. <laughs> Hebrews 2.4. Let's start with the word. <laughs> Pastor Jeff, do you have another word? Maybe I don't know. I'm going to pick up where I left off. On the body, soul, and spirit, that's part three. You know, <laughs> we're made in the image of God. God is a trinity. We have a trinity. It is this, the body of man that is the temple that is the corruptible that will pass away. This body ages. You can't stop it from aging. You can put in Botox. But all it does is make you not be able to hold water in your mouth. <laughs> looks great. Looks it looks it looks natural. Anyways, my mind goes to funny things. People, if the Lord tarries 2,000 years from now and people start digging us up like they did the mummies, there's going to be parts of people that are still perfectly fine. <laughs> it's like a McDonald's cheeseburger. It's not aging at all. It's perfectly fine. But the body, the body ages. The body is going to give you problems. The body is what it is. So, I mean, if in this walk with God, even though we're people of faith and we believe the word, we believe in healing. Who believes in healing? Absolutely. I believe in divine health. I believe that God's presence upon the temple can cause the temple to have the effects of God's glory. Amen. He can reverse ages. That's scriptural. He, he made people younger, or at least act younger, with the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were obviously anointed in that capacity. In a, phys, in, a, in a physical standpoint, we're not going into what we're talking It's evident in the Word. So you have that, but this body will go away. But get, the good news is, is that really is just like selling a house or moving. Pastor Joe is moving to a new place. When you leave this earth... If you are a believer, a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, you're changing your address. And you are getting an upgrade. Who believes that? If you believe it, shout amen. You're walking on streets of gold. It is absolutely real. It is a physical place. You will be in that physical place forevermore in the presence of the Lord, rejoicing at the throne of grace where the river of life flows. There is a mansion with your name on it. Come on, somebody. And think bigger than American mansions. Think bigger than this world's mansions. My mansion will have Hawaii in it, bro. Then one room will be Hawaii. Another room, you know, it's a great mansion. So you have the physical. And I'm, gonna, I'm tying, I'm just hitting the physical because what I'm going to share today is really about the link between how we begin to access. Because as a spiritual person, as a spirit person, a spirit person is someone that accesses the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is everywhere. 
He's all-knowing, all-seeing, all-powerful. He is everywhere. He was there before the begin even began. The beginning ever began. Yeah, that makes sense. He's been there. The Spirit hovered over the deep. As God spoke, the Spirit was involved in creation. Everything God did. We understand by faith that God is a Spirit. And the true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth. So then a spiritual person begins to connect with God. That's what that's talking about. My worship is not just here on this earth. It's actually I'm worshiping in the spirit. And in the spirit, I'm there with Christ Jesus. So now I'm no longer just in my physical body in Claremont, Florida. Now I'm actually in the glory of God, in the throne room of grace. I'm worshiping God. And everything the angels and the cloud of witnesses are experiencing is coming upon me. And that can transform your soul and your body. You get in the presence of God, something supernatural can happen and God can make all things new again. But today I want to talk about the life in the Spirit. If you're living in the Spirit, then that means supernatural things will be a part of your life. Any spirit church, and there's a lot of churches that say, you know, we're spirit churches. But if you really look at them, and I'm not trying to tear apart the churches, there's just no manifestation of the Spirit. So yes, they believe in speaking in tongues. They'll never pray it out loud in public because it might offend people. Look, if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean God's not with you, and it doesn't mean you can't be filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul literally wrote, do all speak in tongues? No, not everybody does. But if you get it, use it. Anything God gives you, don't be ashamed of it. That's like having him grow a leg back and you never tell anybody that he grew your leg back. If God grew your leg back, shout it from the rooftops because a lot of one-legged people want to hear about it. I'm, I'm preaching good, better than you're shouting. That's the same thing. It's cutting off that. And I'm going to get into that later, but... A spiritual person, there's manifestations of the word of people falling under the power of God. Now, we, this can be trained. This can be something you do in the soul. This can be something you do in the flesh, but it is also a spiritual thing. That there are times in the spirit that you're overcome by God. Now, some of those times are when a preacher lays hands on you and you're pressing in. I've had times when I'm overcome by God when I'm just on my own in my room worshiping the Lord. And it's like I just fall out on my face before the Lord. I'm overcome. The body cannot contain the presence of God. When God's presence comes upon you, it feels like a light elephant floating and lift. It's, 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 on, it's every sensation at once. It feels heavy. It, you feel light. It's indescribable. That's spiritual manifestations. The drunkenness they had in Acts chapter 2, that's scriptural. That happened. They were overcome. That's a manifestation of the Spirit of God upon a physical person. That they were literally like, whoa. Which, how is that hard to believe that a fermented grape could affect your being, but God can't? That's what I don't understand. Yes, you mean to tell me that a barley that's left to ferment is more potent than the glory of God? Nay, 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 nay. God is greater than that. Then there's visions. It's like people are caught up. Paul had a vision that led his life forward, and he said, I'm not disobedient to this vision. He had an encounter with God. That encounter with God marked him, transformed him, changed him, and set him on course to change the entire world. And how many people know that God is still doing that today? Amen. Hallelujah. If you believe it, shout it's true. it's true. 
All right, I'm just building up. It's just an introduction. I'm just getting the basis. So Hebrews 2, 4 says that God confirmed the message. Who confirmed the message? By giving signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit whenever He chose. That's powerful. Come on, somebody. How many people know that God can do great and glorious things? God can take a 12-year-old and anoint him as a preacher. God can take a 60-year-old plumber, get him radically set free on the doorstep and turn him across America and the nations of the world and Smith Wigglesworth turn things upside down. Or he was 65, whatever. I don't know, but there's no limits in God. God does things miraculously. And today I want to talk to you about that, that as the world, as the, as the world churns, I think that's it's almost like a... As the world turns, I was like, wait, I think I just literally tapped into a soap opera right now. As the world turns. As the world churns is what I'm saying, not turns, with animosity, craziness, confusion. We are confused right now. Not us, but the world. I'm not confused. But the world is very confused right now. Disinformation on top of more different disinformation. What's really happening? What's really going on? Who am I? What is this? What is that? All of that, those things going on that what the church has got to realize is paramount is the proof of a living God. And what is the proof of a living God? It is signs and wonders miracles and gifts of the spirit that he distributes and i've said this before but every time and i've had times where you just feel beaten down you know just tell you feel beaten down you feel man i'm I'm getting ahead am i doing things right where are you god what is going on why is this happening why is that happening do you hear me i prayed i've tried to bind i tried to lose i did everything i checked the list god you know but every, I can never get to the point in the midst of that to say, God, are you even real? Do you even hear me? Do you even care? And I can't get to that point because if I ever want to go to that point, there is proof in my life of the radical power of God that is undeniable. So I can never get to the point where I push so hard to be like, God, I don't even think you hear me. I don't think you're real because I know that you're real because that was not possible and you did that. And I witnessed that. Are you with me? That's the proof. God does things supernaturally to prove to a person that as much as the accusations of hell come to bombard their mind, God's not with you. It's too late. You've screwed up. This is over. Blah, 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 blah. That there is proof within you to say, no, get behind me, devil. Though I may feel like I'm in an off season, this season is just a season. And I'm about to break through in Jesus' name. Amen. Personally. Or as the church. So I want to talk to you today about receiving your miracle, your gift, and your wonder. How do we receive from God? It's like we got experts and we get the the move of God, the things. It's like a lot of times it's what do we do. A lot of our teaching in the church is what do we do. And that matters. What you do matters. Are you with me? But then when it comes down to just receiving from God. You can check every box off or you can check none of the boxes off. He can still do it because he's a God of grace. He can just do things. 
And when he does things, it's just beautiful, wonderful, perfect, supernatural, undeniable. It is proof that God is who God says he is. Luke 4, 23 through 27, following up from Hebrews 2, 4, that God confirmed the message by giving signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts. And I love how it has everything. Signs and wonders, miracles, and gifts are all there. The supernatural giftings of God, miracles from God, signs and wonders from God. In Malta, we were in a church that is like celebrates the Virgin Mary as all the Catholic churches do. Not to, I'm not trying to pick. Yep, I am picking. I'm, I am picking a fight. Okay, <laughs> I am picking a fight, and I choose this fight. <laughs> They're, they're, it's all about Mary. Mary does everything, and Jesus is like, they even create statues where Mary's big and Jesus is little. It's weird. That's creepy. It's, it's demasculating Christ. He was the man. He would have been bigger, physically bigger. Are you with me? Men are typically bigger than ladies. All right. Amen. But in this church in Malta, it's known because in World War II, a bomb came through the church structure while 500 congregants were in there praying that God would save Malta and would stop the war, World War II, because everybody thought it was the end of the world. They were praying fervently for a miracle from God, and a bomb broke through, a shell came through this, the thing, landed, didn't hit a single person, but never exploded. They still have the bomb. It was a total miracle. Now, of course, the lady, our tour guide's talking about now, you know, that's why we celebrate Mary and, I, and this uh, older Afri African-American, literally from Africa, that lives in America lady. Uh, so beside me, she says, what's she saying? You know, and I was like, <laughs> I'm recounting the story. And she's like, no, that's God. <laughs> she, she said, honey, that's the Lord. That's a sign and a wonder from God. I was like, you know that, sister, amen, we were, we were having revival. And she's over there talking about, that's why we celebrate the Virgin Mary on the festival. Who cares about your festival? It's the Lord that saved these people. That's a bomb. It didn't go off. That's a sign and a wonder. Come on, somebody. Now, God doesn't do that sometimes. God does that every day. Every day, there are miracles flowing from his throne that are penetrating into this world and causing great and glorious things to happen. Luke 4, 23 through 27. I'm not going to try and take too long, so we'll try and get you out of here by the time I fall asleep at 3 p.m. We'll close out with like nap time, you know what I'm saying? We used to have a, a daycare here, and our, our offices were on this side, and there was a VPK classroom, and then our offices, and every day after lunch, they would play soft you know, music for the kids to go to sleep, and all of us workers in there would be like, Dun dun dun, dun dun dun, dun dun dun. What did you do in the afternoon? Not a lot. I really don't feel it was as effective as the morning was. I feel rested though. <laughs> Remember that, Aaron? It's like <laughs> slapping yourself. Luke 4, 23 through 27. You will undoubtedly quote me this Proverbs, physician, heal yourself. And this is Jesus speaking. Physician, heal yourself, meaning do miracles here in your hometown like you did in Capernaum. Now, I think what Jesus is saying here is he's basically saying people are always 
It's like they put it just on the Lord. You have to do something, God. And that's what he's saying. You're, people undoubtedly say, physician, heal yourself. It's all on the Lord. Yes, there's grace that God does it. But I want to talk to you about what is your part in receiving the miracle today. It says, I tell you the truth, that no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. Certainly there were many needy widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the heavens were closed for three and a half years and a severe famine devastated the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them. He was sent instead to a foreigner, a widow of Zarephath in the land of Sidon. And many in Israel had leprosy in the time of the prophet Elisha, but the only one healed was Naaman, a Syrian. So first thing that Jesus is pointing out is there is no entitlement in the kingdom of God. It's not my granddad was a great preacher, so I'm going to have the favor of God on my life. Because what he pointed out specifically in this is that both of these miracles happen with people outside of those in covenant with God. Are you with me this morning? That's pretty powerful to really just meditate on and realize there is no entitlement in the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter that my father-in-law is Dr. Rodney Howard Brown and he's done great things. I still have to break through for my own personal life. It's not, it's not osmosis. It's not it gets on me because he's got it. There is transference and impartation through true spiritual authority when you're submitted to authority. So there's a whole, there's a whole what is that box that you don't open box right there? Pandora, that's a whole Pandora's box right there. I was thinking Paradox, but was, no, Pandora, like the jewelry company. I don't know why they called it that. I guess because you just keep buying more of those little things. And then you're like, this was something I should have never opened. Because now $8,000 later, my daughter has a little trinket of every hippopotamus. And uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm actually very focused right now. Because I'm very rested. And I've been up a while. So the first part is there's no entitlement. You can't, it's not because you got close to the move of God that something will happen to you. It's not because I was in a room where miracles broke out that something happened for me. There were many needy widows. It's not because I had a need that God did it. It's because they did something that no one else did. And what is that something they did? Well, if you go to 1 Kings chapter 17, you can turn with me there if you want. Now, I believe 100% in watching what you say. I believe that your words have power. That if you don't put a guard over your mouth, and that's what I ended with last time, is the power of words producing by the Spirit in your life. But here's this widow from, from Zarephath that the Lord Jesus Christ Himself said she received a miracle. And there were many widows that needed a miracle, but this was the only one that got the miracle and the only one that I sent Elijah the prophet to. Now when Elijah shows up there, paint the picture, she's outside, widow woman, you know, a picture right by the fire, you know, I don't know why, just like a gray hair mumbling to herself by the fire. And Elijah approaches and basically says, you know, feed me a cake. And give me something to drink, I think. And her response is, I don't have anything but a small amount of oil and a small amount of meal. 
I am baking a cake that me and my son might eat it and die. I mean, every bone in your word of faith self should be like, what? You know what I'm saying? Are you with me? Get with me this morning. That's a no-no. Step number one to receive a miracle, you don't, you don't say, I'm going to eat this and die. You're like, I'm going to you know, praise the Lord, prophet of God. I don't have a lot, but what I have, I'll share a little bit with you. And maybe the Lord, I mean, she just straight up said it. I'm a, I'm a, I got nothing. What I have, I'm going to eat it and I'm going to die. Now, Elijah's probably like, great, this is where the Lord sent me. I should have stayed at the, at the brook called Cherith. At least there was bread and flesh every morning. Now, this lady's just going to feed me and die. But I point that out just for this. There are many times I've said the wrong thing. There are many times in frustration, anxiety in the soulless realm that my mouth connected with the wrong thing and I said the wrong stupid thing. Does that mean that God just throws me away and Caleb, no, you should have never said that. Now there is no grace. No. There's hope even for us with loud mouths. Because despite the fact that she said the wrong thing, she did the right thing. Are you with me this morning? It's the parable that Jesus presented saying there's two sons and the father said, I want you to go and do this thing. And the one son said, I will do it. The other said, I won't do it. But the one that said they would do it, didn't do it. But the one that said they wouldn't actually did it. And there's power released in your life when you actually do something. And so despite the fact that obviously it doesn't sound like the gift of faith was upon her. She wasn't like, oh, shababata. She was like, we're going to die. But even in that, it cost her everything and it cost her nothing. This is what I want you to grab about a miracle. It actually cost her everything because she had enough to feed her and her son and die. But before she could feed them, she had to feed this man. So she had to take everything she had and feed this man. But at the end of the day, it cost her nothing. Because every time she fed the man first and she turned back, it never depleted and it never ran dry. That's a miracle. And this was a continuous miracle that didn't happen one time, two times, three times. It happened over and over that every time a meal needed to be made, it never ran out. The God of more than enough, the El Shaddai multiplied that which was before him. So this was something that every day she had to do. Every day she had to realize, I got to feed the prophet, I got to feed the prophet. And I find it interesting that God said in his word to Elijah, go, because I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So this woman, even though she had nothing, was obviously not at a place of great faith at the time, had enough insight to recognize the voice of the Lord. And when it came down to it, her confession was wrong. But her actions were right. To receive a miracle from God is sometimes it's called the working of miracles because there's a part you've got to do. Then you take Naaman. Why is Naaman brought up? He's the only one, the only leper that was healed. Why did Naaman get it? Did he do everything right? No, Naaman came. And when the prophet wouldn't even meet him, a great general literally sent a messenger to go and meet him, a servant, because he was too busy. Really, it doesn't say he was too busy. He just sent a servant. 
Go tell him to dip seven times. Scripture tells us that Naaman got angry. He was pissed off. And I don't think you should say that publicly, but I I do it. (laughs) It kind of drives home the point, you know what I'm saying? He was mad or he was pissed off, bro. Are you with me? Are you with the... uh, so he was mad. He's like angry. What these that ugh, it's dirty, it's nasty. Our rivers back home are better. I'm huffing, puffing, insulted, ridiculed, angry, upset. Grab the bags, I'm going home. Now listen, before he even got there, he was sent with a massive offering, too. And this is awesome about God. Because God didn't care anything about that. You can't buy a miracle. Are you with me? You can be a billionaire, but you can't. You cannot write a check big enough to make God do anything for you. He will not be bought. And when you come to God with an arrogance that you think that he owes something to you, and that's why a lot of people don't get a miracle because when they come to God, they're actually in an arrogant standpoint like, God, you owe this proof to me. He don't owe you nothing. He is not indebted to any man. You owe everything good in your life to Him. And everything bad in your life came from hell. And the one that takes hell out of your life is still Him. So come to God like anybody saying, Lord, I need you in my life and I need this. And His servant had the wisdom to say, Naaman, you're a powerful person. You've got wealth, obviously. You have armies. You are strong. And if something crazy big was asked of you, that would appeal to your pride and you would do it. That's seen time and time again in today. People do pilgrimages. People beat themselves up. Some people, we believe in fasting, but there's a degree of fasting where people get into, it's driven by the flesh, that they're holier than everybody else in the church because they do a 40-day fast twice a year. Right? And it's a Daniel fast where, bro, that ain't even a fast. You eat, you eat and raisin croissants. That ain't no fast. I'm fasting. How come you gaining weight? <laughs> Next time I fast, I'll do that fast. The way I got tons of energy and I can bulk up, you know. No, there's a side of the pride. And that's what God was dealing with. Dealing with the pride. What does he say? He says, I will resist the proud. But my grace I will give to the humble. When you need a miracle, you need grace. It is only God that does a miracle. Amen. All right, so then he hears it, and he realizes, this, you're right. And I traveled all this way. I might as well go dip seven times. He dipped seven times, and his skin became like a brand-new skin. He came out overwhelmed, ran back to the prophet, saying, let me even dig up soil that I might bring it back because this is the only true God. Pardon me if I have to go to the temple with my Lord and my King and I have to kneel down to help him up, but I am not kneeling to that God anymore because your God is the real God. Ha! Proof, baby. So it wasn't that his attitude was right. It was once more that he just did it. To receive a miracle from God, to do anything supernatural from God, there is an aspect of man that has to happen. When the word of God says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. God never commanded you to do the impossible. He only asked you to do what you're possible to do. You can put your hand on a sick person. 
that's within your power to do. Are you with me right now? That's what the Word is revealing, that to tap into the supernatural things of God, all He ever asks of you, God never asks you to do the impossible. He never tells you to build the building. He never, he never commands you to get the land. He says He will give you the instruction and your part is all you've got to do. And that's what these people did. She couldn't make the meal multiply. She couldn't feed the prophet. He couldn't heal himself. The water was dirty. All of that is true. But it negates the supernatural power of God. That he can do whatever he wants to do. And all you got to do is do your part. When it comes down to receiving a miracle. It's just you do whatever you know you're supposed to do. And you do it over and over and over again. How do you perfect your miracle? You keep doing the thing. What if Naaman dipped twice? Said it's dirty. I'm out of here. He'd have never got the miracle. What if the widow fed the prophet one time and then got fear let in and said, I'm not going to feed you anymore. That worked once, but it's not going to work again. No, to complete the miracle, you just have to stay in the place of absolute humility, absolute dependency, saying, God, you're the only one that can do this. We need proof in the American churches today. We need proof in our generations today. We need the move of God with the undeniable evidence of the supernatural resurrected king. And all we've got to do is do what we can do. And he does what we can't do. He is the impossible working God and we are the one that does what is possible. We can lay hands on the sick. We can give when God tells us. Think about what he said. He said the Lord directed him to show in certain aspects and supernatural thing came. There are people that think that that's total rubbish and something that the church says to get money. He never said where he gave the money. He gave it where God told him to give the money. Are you with me? There's miracles waiting for every single person under the sound of my voice and beyond. Every day there is a miracle available to every person on planet earth. The question is, do you know how to get it? Can you receive it? Can you do your part, which is simple, sometimes terrifying, sometimes crazy, sometimes ridiculous, and sometimes people will make fun of you for? But it's not people that you're doing it for. You're doing it for the Lord. And if you do it for the Lord, there is a cost. I want to talk about the cost of a miracle doing your part. Think about blind Bartimaeus. And I had never thought about this until I was researching this. When he cast off his robe, that was the robe of a beggar. It, it re- represented he was a beggar. He was a beggar because Scripture says he was born blind. Blind Bartimaeus was born blind. If he was born blind and he begged his whole life, what skill, what trade did this man possess? He didn't possess any. So the cost for him to cry out to Jesus was knowing everything I've ever had, every comfort as a beggar, to cast this off and ask for healing means everything in my life changes and I'm going to have to go out and I'm going to have to pick up a plow and I'm going to have to find something to do. So he cried out and he cried out. There was a price tag attached to that crying out. Knowing full well, I don't care. If every comfort in my life is removed, I am sick and tired of being dependent upon other people. I want your healing power so I can move ahead in life. And when he cried out for it, Jesus turned. And notice Jesus in that particular moment literally looked at the blind man and asked him, what is it that you want? He said, I would that I might be able to see. Well, be it unto you your faith. And he was supernaturally healed. Now we all rejoice. 
It's all great. It's wonderful. But now blind Bartimaeus has got to go out and get a job. <laughs> Brother, got to go work now. Are you with me? Right? Have you ever thought about that before? He ain't a beggar no more. He can see. Nobody's going to throw coins at you. You are the guy that can't. You, you can see now, blind Barty. Go get a job. How old are you? You don't even have a career. You don't even have any skills. But he knew. I don't care what it costs me moving forward. Jesus is passing by and something's going to happen today. And it will be supernatural. And I wish scripture would have followed blind Bartimaeus so that we could know what that man went on to do. Think about the man by the gate called Beautiful that was there as a leper, or not as a leper, as a cripple, broken down, supernaturally healed. Everything changed. Everything changed. There was a price tag attached to it. Now you've got to walk your miracle out. Are you with me right now? God wants to do something great in your life, but with it, what does it release in your life? What does it, what, if, if you step into the fullness of what you believe in God for, what is, what is the part that you've got to bring to the table? If you're willing to do that, that's where ultimately a lot of people's breakdowns happen. We've met people, I remember a person that we were, we were going to pray for, and they basically said, don't pray that I get healed because I need the government checks for my disability, so just pray that the disability check would multiply and meet my needs. For one, I chalk up, they had, they had understanding. They knew, I don't want to be healed because I like that. So I just want that to be multiplied. But I don't think God does that. And I remember that moment realizing that's why a lot of people don't get healed. It's not, you can walk away as a preacher and be like, I fasted 40 days, God. My Lord, I preached, I studied divine healing, I fasted, I prayed in the Holy Ghost, I sang, I even had the same lady on the keyboard that Benny Hinn had playing for hours last night. Carol lifted me. Is Carol? Cheryl, that's right, Cheryl. Lifted Cheryl, she lifted me. And I laid hands on him and nothing happened. Well, because that's because it's not just me involved. It's the person involved. And they weren't at the place to receive a miracle. I believe in the miracle power of God. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things. I believe there's nothing that God can't do. But you have to do your part. Think about even in the Old Testament of Moses. All the miracles. God said, basically, put your, put your staff in the water. Well, Moses could do that. The snake. Throw your staff down. That's something Moses can do, but Moses can't take the staff and make it a snake. Moses can't do. He can't part the water. He can't make water come from a rock, but he can do what God says, speak to the rock, which he did, and he struck it, and that cost him. But God still made water come. Everywhere you read in the Word, even if you look at the day and age we're in right now, all the crazy things happening in America, this miracle popped in my in my spirit as I was studying this, I think it's in 2 Kings 4, when it says there was a time of famine and they were feeding people from a pot and they cried out, there's death in the pot. And the prophet took and took flour, threw it in the pot and said, eat it, now it is made well. Why was there poison? Why were they eating it? Because it was famine in the land and this is all they could scavenge. Let me tell you, I'll think about East Palatine, the water, the craziness. Man, you got to believe in the miraculous power of God right now. 
If the plan of man goes on unchecked and we keep seeing these things erupt, there will be a supernatural church that emerges with power and demonstration. It will be a sign and a wonder. They will place their finger in that water and that water will turn pure. I'm telling you, get ready because God will do supernatural things. But every time God does a miracle, He does it through somebody doing something on earth. Take Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God who had the Spirit without measure, the great glorious Son, the one He was well pleased in. Every time He did a miracle, Jesus first had to do something on earth for the Father to release the miracle from on high. Make clay, spit on them, tell them to do that, tell them to do this. To receive a miracle is actually easy. Shout easy. easy. It will be the easiest thing you ever do. It wasn't difficult what God asked Naaman to do. It wasn't hard what God asked the widow to do. It wasn't difficult. Anything that God ever told Moses to do was actually quite simple. When God speaks to you, just do it. And to complete the miracle, follow it up with gratitude. Think about the ten lepers, that they were all cleansed or healed, as the Bible says, but only one, once again, only one came back, and the one that came back was once more a foreigner, not one that was entitled. Of all the Israelites and all the Jews that had the covenant, only the Samaritan man came back, fell down at his feet to worship the Lord, and Jesus said, didn't I heal ten of you? And only one man came back. He said, well, then for you, your faith has made you whole. And I remember hearing that years ago. And I was like, what's the difference? He was made. He was healed. And the new living doesn't cap, cap, uh, capture this. Those that were healed of leprosy, the leprosy was cured off of their body, but all the manglement remained. But the one that came running back, realizing the disease is dead and fell at the feet of Jesus to worship, his body was restored and made whole because he completed the miracle. Because the miracle spreads like wildfire when you come back to the source and say, Thank you, God. It is you that has done this great and glorious thing in my life. I praise your name. You're awesome. You're powerful. You're wonderful. You are who you say you are. And you do what you say you do, God. Your word never fails. I am living proof of the power of God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Completing your miracle. Completing your miracle. I remember reading this or hearing this, I don't know where, many moons ago, that history belongs to those who tell it. You see, everything you read in a history book is because somebody wrote that down. What would we have if Luke didn't follow Paul around? And wrote down the works that God did through Paul's life. What would we have if every letter Paul wrote to the church wasn't cast aside and forgotten about. But it was, it was eternalized for us as people recognize this needs to be spread like wildfire. So it is with your testimony. Come on church. Do not let God do something supernatural for you and you hold it in your own private place. you got to erupt from the rooftops what the Lord has done in your life. And you got to do that not just for those around you, but for yourself. You've got to remind yourself and stir back up within yourself what has the Lord already done in your life. Okay, you're facing right now. There are a lot of people facing financial hardship because everything has gotten ridiculously expensive. 
Let's talk about it. We've had to, we, had to, we had to do raises, everything. This is where we're at right now. Eggs cost him what eggs have never cost. And I'm not complaining. I'm just saying these things happen. Seasons of life. Hardships come. But is that any challenge for God? And you've got to remind yourself. Come on, somebody. Because though I might lead a ministry right now with hundreds of people coming through and we're believing God for miracles, there was one time I was a young Bible school student. I didn't have no money. I couldn't feed myself. And God supernaturally took care of me and made more money multiply in my bank account. That happened to me. So if God can make money multiplying a bank account of a little curly-haired Q-tip boy in Bible school, what can he do for an army in the hour right now where there's a plan to destroy the church? And you say you can huff, you can puff, but you cannot break the covenant I have with my God. Oh! The more you push against the church, the more the church will show forth signs and wonders. The more you try and take away from us, the more the multiplying power of God will be evident in our midst. You got to stir that within you. You got to stir that within you. Because at the end of the day, you can, be in a, you can be in a ministry with miracles happening all around and not have a single miracle yourself. And that is exactly where the devil wants to keep you. Because then over time, you don't, go from, you don't go from God's a miracle working God. You go to a bitter person pointing at what he did for other people. And you're a better person than them, which is probably true. Because I've seen God do great things for people that I'm like, why? Right? Which people probably think that about me. Because we always, from the outside looking in, why would you give that to that person? Why would you bless them? Why would you use them? Man, they're rude. As my, as my daughter Ellie says about everything, that's rude. Why would you use a rude person? You're a God of love. And he does. Because he's gracious. Because he's awesome. Because he loves better than we love. <laughs> you love better than we love you love me better than i love me which is sometimes not saying a lot sometimes saying a lot you know pick me on pick me on one day i love myself the next day i hate myself you know what i'm saying monday i'm the best tuesday what is, i'm a loser wednesday i'm trying to decide thursday feeling like a winner again friday night going out on a date with a honey feeling like a double winner Looking up to flirt with her and she's on her phone, feeling like a loser. It's great going on a date with my wife. Every time I look up from my phone, getting that opportunity to look at her looking at her phone. The way the light on the iPhone illuminates her face so beautiful in the restaurant <laughs> you look beautiful in that iPhone light tonight baby girl Ow. <laughs> history belongs to those who tell it 
We know the 12 disciples' names. We know Paul's name. We know those names because their lives and deeds were documented and preserved. Hebrews 3, 12 through 14. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. If we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Come on, somebody. The last message I preached, the Lord had spoken to me when I was rolling on the spirit, soul, and body. What, what it has to do with spirit, soul, and body is that the body here on earth is the one that God uses to do the supernatural. It's normal hands, scarred hands, beaten hands, trembling hands, sweaty hands. God uses to do miraculous things. It's something in the natural here on this earth that has to come in agreement with the spiritual side for heaven to be released. Why God did that, that's up to him. You can ask him when you get there. Or you can ask him in your prayer closet right now. But ultimately, it's because God is a God of agreement. Because agreement requires you to recognize you're the sovereign, mighty God. And I'm the one coming to you. And I humbly bow before you and I obey and do what you tell me to do. And so I'll receive what you have in store for me to receive. And I thank you for it. And the Lord told me, say it until you believe it. So preparing yourself for the miracle, as I preached last time, is stirring up within yourself. Obviously, the widow woman had the wrong confession. doesn't mean every time we should live our lives and just let ourselves have the wrong confession. It just means just because you've had the bad confession from time to time, as we all have, doesn't mean you're totally written off. Now you just declare the word, declare the word, and remind yourself. That's the testimony, stirring yourself up. I would encourage everybody in here, if there is anything you're believing God for, whether you're believing God for financial things, maybe that's it. Your challenge right now is you have a financial hurdle and you're like, God, I need a breakthrough in this. I would scour the Internet to discover every testimony I can of a person truly declaring what the Lord has done in that realm. And listen to it and say it. The same God that they serve is the same God that I serve. I rejoice and I thank you for what you've done for them. And I thank you that that power is in my life too. I will have what you say I will have. And you said that I will have a barn that overflows and a vat that overflows. You said that my livestock are blessed. Come on, somebody. You got a sick dog at home? Pray over that puppy, baby. I'm glad somebody got that. And you do that because you're saying it and building within yourself what is necessary so that you act. And then the Lord said, do it until you receive it or it manifests in your life. Manifest means it goes from a promise to it is before you. It is physically there. That is a manifestation of God. That's when the glory of God manifests in a building. It's tangible. It means it's touchable. It's like the glory of God is so strong in the atmosphere, you feel like you can reach out and grab it. It's like a weighty presence to God. God is real. And His glory manifests like that. And that's what manifests mean. Well, the promises of God are meant to manifest in your life. Everything in Scripture, you have access to that. Stir it up. Believe, almost dating back to the, the message God rekindled in me, don't let the dream die. 
put it before you and remind yourself, man, I don't know how. And even as, as a ministry now, corporately, what we're believing for land, put that before us together. Lord, we don't know how, but we know that you are able to do all things. We know that we, we, we can do every day what you tell us to do. What we have has always been yours, God. And you can ask anything from this church. And what we can do, we will do with all of our hearts, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, rejoicing the whole way. But it's you that does the supernatural. And we're very aware of that. Every time we join, we can worship. Come on, somebody. I can lift my hands. I can dance. I can shout amen. But I can't make you come in the room. But when you come in the room, God, my God, when you come in the room, it's the best thing that it ever happens. Every time God shows up, whatever you believe in God for. Right now in this place, I feel the faith being released in this room right now. Just close your eyes across the place. Picture, what are you believing God for right now? Husbands and wives, grab hands with one another. I mean, grab hands with one another. You got to paint the picture together. Stir this thing up together. Pray this thing through together. Single people, don't worry. You got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. He comes in agreement with the dream. You are not left out. And God will move powerfully in your life too. But Father, we just thank you that everything, every promise of God is available to every single one of us. There is nothing withheld from us. For in the bounds of a love relationship, nothing is off limits. You said in your word, we can ask of you for anything, and you would do it for us. If your words abide in us, then we can ask of you anything. So, Father, we just thank you in this room right now. The gift of faith upon the people of the River Claremont. Every person, Lord, under the sound of my voice. Those desiring or believing, those in need, financial need. Lord, I thank you, Father, for the release of heaven upon them. Lord, you have caused money to multiply. You have caused checks to come unexpectedly. You have caused crazy financial blessings in my life. Not once, not twice, but over and over again, you've done it. You've done it for this ministry. You've done it for me personally. You've done it for my children. I have watched you move heaven and earth to bless my kids, God. So I thank you that the same God that has done that time and time again for me, Lord, do you do it for them? As you're praying and as you're thinking right now, I just want you just open by the Spirit. Lord, What? just tell me, God, what is it you want me to do? What is it I can do? Countless stories are bombarding my spirit right now. People burying money and land and God giving him the land. God's a miracle-working God. He can do the supernatural. All it takes is just one thing from you. Little becomes much when you put it in the master's hands. Whatever little thing he asks of you, do it with all of your heart.